We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're talking Super Wild Card Weekend and continued updated Dynasty rankings on Roto-Viz Radio. What's up, Roto-Viz? Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Cabin alongside Curtis Patrick. We're two of the owners here at Rotoviz, ready to quickly recap some of the action from over the weekend and then look forward to some more dynasty fantasy football. Curtis, how are you doing, my friend? Doing great, man. Uh, some really fun football to watch this weekend. Uh, it's and I love the three days. The three days on the first weekend. This is really cool to have a Monday night uh, football contest. The the Rams and Cardinals going at it as we're actually recording this show. But tons of great football over the past two days. Excited to cut it up with you, and uh, I I definitely feel uh, ready to start talking uh, more dynasty in twenty twenty two. So. I just want to run down here some of the exciting performances from the weekend at each position as we spent so much time last week looking forward to some of these early matchups in the playoffs. Josh Allen, who we went out on a limb for, came through (laughs) in a big way. Uh, Five passing touchdowns, 308 yards, um, 66 rushing yards for a total of 38 point nine fantasy points i did not enjoy watching this game as a new england patriots fan uh but i did feel good about the results of some of our teams given uh how strongly allen performed and then what about patrick mahomes the chiefs just absolutely run over the steelers five passing touchdowns for mahomes 404 yards adds 29 on the ground and finishes with 37.1 to this point, the two quarterback performances that have really separated themselves from the pack. Yeah, man, um, the the best playing at their best in uh, in the most important time of the year. So that that's really cool. Um, what an awesome game mm-hmm. that is going to be next weekend. Buffalo traveling to Kansas City. These quarterbacks each coming off of a combined ten touchdowns in the in the wild card weekend. Uh, it's that's as good as it gets, man. Um, it's a shame that this, that's not going to be the AFC championship, but you know, uh, that's probably not fair to the Titans who had a great year. 
uh, to just gloss over them. And you know, the, the Bengals getting it done, getting their first uh, playoff victory in like yep. 30 years, I think, Dave, um, which was really cool. Jamar Chase looking every bit the part of a superstar. Uh, many other solid performances in that game. T. Higgins notably uh, absent from the box score <laughs> for the most part. Um, a player that, that you and I and Blair got onto late in some of our, our builds uh, from the Friday episode uh, after the adjustment and getting getting information on on Leonard Fournette and James Conner, uh, we actually got onto a little bit of Darren Waller, uh, and, and he ended up posting a respectable line there. Uh, the other player that you didn't mention from the Buffalo game, as we're talking tight end there for a second. Oh, my God. Your boy Dawson know, Knox, man, man with, a pair, with a pair of touchdowns <laughs> in the first weekend. That's you know, crazy. That was crazy. Just everything was working. It really was. And I had jokingly mentioned Knox a couple of times as like a sneaky tight end. Did not get him into any builds, but I really wish that I had. I mean, listen to this line here for Dawson Knox. Uh, Saw just five targets, but five receptions, two receiving touchdowns, um, 89 receiving yards to the tune of 25.9. Actually ties himself with Travis Kelsey and... uh, outscores Jamar Chase and nearly every other wide receiver. So just insane. Absolutely insane. Um, At the running back position, though, which uh, didn't even get there yet, I was not expecting to say Jarek McKinnon at this point would be the top scoring running back with 26.2, followed by Devin Singletary with 24.4. Also a Gio Bernard at 19.3. But at this point, Curtis, only two running backs uh, outstripping 20 points. Yeah, um, it, I, I heard Sean talk a little bit about this on uh, one of his appearances last week. He joined the ship chasing guys, a uh, bunch of our uh, former Rotoviz crew running that running that ship over there with Pat Corain and uh, Pete Overzet and Ben Gretsch. And he, he was talking about how many running backs would you play if it was just all flex <laughs> uh, for this playoff challenge. And and of course, uh, you know, he, he joked that, you know, maybe zero. Um, and, but that's kind of how it looked, uh, in the, in the first week and, and McKinnon blowing up doesn't really help anybody because he didn't really have the chance to get on him. I mean, it, it looked like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire might play. And then of course, Daryl Williams did play, but just was, you know, ineffective. Uh, and, and McKinnon was hot. So, uh, you know, good, good for him. Um, it's the type of game that I think, you know, many, uh, McKinnon truthers had envisioned for him for years and years and years. It's kind of funny in the same year that Cordero Patterson actually pops that Jarek McKinnon now has a noteworthy game too. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's some players that you just sit around waiting and waiting on, and then sometimes they pay off. It feels like it was not that long ago now that uh, McKinnon was a like first round pick and then ended up missing the entire season. So perhaps there's, there's somebody out there that managed to, uh, you know, finally get a nice payoff from McKinnon. But those were some of the best performances. Uh, Kendrick Bourne, a name that we actually probably should mention, pretty impressive game for him, even though uh, his team really struggled. Went seven of eight, two receiving touchdowns uh, to the tune of 28.1 points. Mike Evans also with a nice game at 26.7. He went nine for 10 with one receiving touchdown and added 117 receiving yards, the most of any wide receiver at this point. Of course, we'll have to see what, uh, you know, maybe Cooper Cup has in store tonight. Uh, But Evans, one of these players um, that, you know, I don't think in the playoff 
challenge is going to be as rostered uh, given the fact that Brady was probably a popular option. I think Gronk might have been a popular option at tight end. And then Gronk actually came through with uh, just 12.3 points, but nice game for Mike Evans to start things off. Yeah. You know, one of the squads that does have Mike Evans, yes. Dave, is uh, <laughs> is is uh, one of my entries. I've got a, I've got a live one here with with Cooper Cup and the Arizona defense going tonight. Um, but I'm, I'm sitting here in 46 plates. Um, and so, you know, we, we, we may have a lot to talk about over the next couple of weeks. Uh, it's a Josh Allen team. I'll just run down the lineup quickly. Josh Allen, Derrick Henry, Joe Mixon. Um, then, then just an avalanche of wide receivers here. Debo Samuel, Devonte Adams, Cooper cup, Mike Evans, Amari Cooper, and then Darren Waller in the final flex there with Travis Kelsey. And then I had Nick Folk in Arizona team defense. So f- faded the Steelers, faded the Eagles. Um, and then went, you know, with the soft fade on Arizona, the thought being that, you know, tonight, perhaps, uh, Matt Stafford would throw a touchdown to both teams, uh, as he's been known to do mm-hmm. throughout the season. So, uh, we'll, we'll see if script plays into, into my hand there, but, um, pre- pretty excited. All these FFPC contests are just so much fun. Um, and, and as we talked about last week, it, you know, this, this one is unique in, in several different ways. So it's cool to have a a super live looking bullet uh, here at the end yeah, of the first for weekend. sure. And it was funny because when we were putting together a team uh, via like a slow draft, as we called it, just like sending messages back and forth. One of those teams, I thought that we, I had said Evans, of course, that was like the second time in a row that I'd said a player who already had a player on his team rostered by us. So we couldn't take him. So like I kept getting excited <laughs> and I'd have to remind myself like, Oh wait, like we, we don't have, we don't have Evans. Anyway, though, uh, let's get into some dynasty. All right. So last week we talked some about what the first 12 players, the first round of a super flex startup might look like. I wanted to pick that back up this week and run our listeners through what round two might look like. Now, the first player, and this might come as a surprise for anybody that hasn't been listening to us through the year, but our 13th player overall, when you take Sean Siegel, Curtis, your rankings and my rankings, is Javante Williams. And he comes out with a valuation that places him as like two firsts and a second round pick. Now, we've talked about a number of the leading indicator metrics when you look at his advanced stats. We've talked about how, you know, the profile transitioning from college to pro plays out. Um, You know, that there's a lot of encouraging signs there. There's still some things in flux within the organization that he's in right now and what that offense might look like. Uh, But I don't think to listeners, this is going to be that surprising, but probably still surprising Overall, in relation to the rest of the industry, do you think by the time the dust settles and we start approaching like startup season in earnest, we're going to be that much higher than everybody else? Do you think this is going to be kind of in step with the rest of the industry? I think it'll probably be pretty in step. And it's just the convergence of a couple of things happening. Um, you know, one beyond Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor, there's probably not going to be much of a consensus. I mean, Taylor's checking all the boxes as a young workhorse that had the pedigree and now has fulfilled, you know, that destiny in the NFL, all of the former, you know, the studs of the past couple seasons um, are either aging or have had, you know, multiple uh, injury laden seasons over the last couple of years. And so there's big question marks. Um, and so it's a real battle 
And it's basically going to be, you know, do you value the McCaffrey, Cook, Kamara, Mixon, Eckler type backs who are, you know, they're, they're into the second contract. Uh, they, they have pretty established positions, but, you know, it's a slippery slope. And that slope, we don't know when it's going to come, um, but it could be dangerous um, year to year uh, at this point. Or do you want to roll the dice? on uh, Najee Harris in an offense that's going to have to change, Devontae Williams in an offense that's going to have to change, or DeAndre Swift in an o- offense that's going to have to change. And I-, I think just knowing the dynasty community like I do, I, I think that Swift and Williams will will both, pro- and-, and maybe Harris, uh, will probably all usurp McCaffrey, uh, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, uh, et cetera. Uh, in the rankings. So I, I would, I would say by the time we're really hot and heavy into startup season. So that's usually around the NFL combine, maybe even a little after as, as people get a little bit more comfortable. I, I think that you'll see the consensus RB2 be either Javante Williams or DeAndre Swift. Yeah. And that's kind of what I was thinking as well. Um, I don't think that will really be the most surprising result that we would have in there. Now, the player that we have slated behind Williams, I, I want to ask you about as well, and that's Debo Samuel. Uh, we have him with evaluation that puts him um, with two firsts and then somewhere around like, um, you know, maybe like a third or a fourth. Now, for you, you have him in what looks to me to be kind of like a wide receiver tier of his of his own. Let me make sure that looks right. I'm, I'm going to play around with the rankings here. Yeah, because you have a pretty big drop between Debo and uh, Debo and T Higgins. I've yeah, so T- actually, you don't have that big. Yeah, of a I've got drop. T Higgins and Cooper Cup. Yeah. yeah, I've got I've got Debo, T Higgins, and Cooper Cup kind of in that that one B wide receiver yep. tier uh, that's coming after you know the the Jefferson Chase uh, Tyreek tier. Um, and so, yeah, so it's dangerous though. You know, as good as he's looked, the role is so weird. You know, it's almost now like he's a running back first. Yeah. Um, that's the way his usage has trended. And, you know, that could look a lot different with Trey Lance, at quarterback next year. So I, I, I do think um, there's a big decision to be made on Debo Samuel. Will the team bring back Jimmy Garoppolo with his raw as Trey Lance looked uh, throughout the season? Will they give him one more year and wait till midseason next year to transition? Um, or will they jettison Jimmy G? And then we have to play the waiting game. Which receiver will... Uh, Trey Lance uh, fixate on in that offense, or will it be George Kittle? And if Debo's deployed similarly next year, will he get as many rushing opportunities when he's got a uh, a run happy quarterback? So he could be even better with that type of quarterback, or you know he he could see his touches you know drop by twenty percent. So he he's definitely a risky player. He's at an all time value high coming off of. Uh, a great spotlight game in the playoffs on the road in Dallas, everybody watching. So if you have a league where the trade, the, uh, the trade window never closes as a true dynasty league uh, should be, it's a good, it's a good time to pedal Debo Samuel for future picks. If you're in a rebuild. Yeah. And I actually have um, Samuel in a wide receiver tier where he's ranked right in step with CeeDee Lamb, D. Higgins, Cooper Cup, DJ Moore, AJ Brown, and Jalen Waddell. So I kind of have all of those guys grouped in there. As we talked about before, I tend to have a lot of guys kind of concentrated in one spot, which I think some could say that that isn't 
that great of a valuation for where Samuel could be. But I would say, given some of the concerns that you mentioned, I think that's pretty significant um, and speaks to what I see for him. So I'm still feeling pretty good about him. Um, I also think that it's interesting to see a player um, like Cooper Cup, you know, with this with this resurgence, or I shouldn't say resurgence, I guess I don't even know what to call what Cup did this year because it was just so ridiculous uh, to see him holding on on strong there. But a player that I really want to talk about here is uh, Christian McCaffrey now falling down to our rank 17 now. Sean actually has him as uh, a, a full second rounder and two first rounders. You and I both put him in as just two first rounders. Now, when you compare that to a player like Kyle Pitts, it's interesting to see those players now situated in the same range. Other players that would fall into our round two, you have DeAndre Swift, DJ Moore, AJ Brown, and then Devontae Adams just rounding things out. I guess the question that I'll throw to to you here, Curtis, is um, are there any players that when you're looking at this list that you see Sean and I have higher than you that you're just really wondering why? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, I still, yeah, it's, um, CD lamb, especially for Sean. Now again, um, Sean's, Sean's been busy with other things as well. Um, so his, his, his rankings are about 30 days old here. So we should take that with a grain of salt. Um, and, and I would, I would think maybe after the information over the latter half of the season, he would have, um, come back to earth just a little bit on CD. Um, he's, he's more than a second round above you and he's like a second and third rounder combined bordering on two seconds above where I've got him. I don't have lamb valued at two full uh, first round picks mm-hmm. at this point. Um, it, it just comes down to whether or not you think lamb struggles this season were injury based uh, because he was battling injury um, or whether you think the team context is, is likely to change. I mean, Amari Cooper 
you know, could be gone. Michael Gallup could be gone. But we also saw Cedric Wilson emerge. We saw Dalton Schultz emerge. Blake Jarwin getting involved again. Um, Dak is always going to run a little bit. Uh, They're throwing to the back still. CD did not turn in the type of season, you know, that we were hoping for from a, from a role perspective, even if he had been in, in, uh, inefficient, if he had seen the type of volume, I, I would have been yep. more in, but you know, now I'm, I'm, I'm interested in, in other, uh, other types of receivers that are in this, um, price range. Like I would rather have Cooper cup, um, you know, past his age apex than CD lamb straight up in, in dynasty right now, Cooper cup could see a 25% reduction in fantasy production next year and still score over 300 fantasy points. I mean, that feels that, pretty, that feels like a pretty safe that floor. Does. feels like a pretty safe floor, man. Um, and, you know, AJ, like AJ Brown, you know, I think these, those two guys have been, you know, similarly valued um, for, for a while, but AJ is the unquestioned alpha in that offense. He's a couple years older, but he's the unquestioned alpha. And, and he's had some injury problems of his own, but he's come right back uh, and, and dominated um, in short order. Jalen Waddle, you know, he, he came in right away and, and had, um, you know, really high end target market share as a rookie, justifying his uh, first round um, draft pick investment. Uh, you know, there's just other, other, even DK Metcalf, at least we know he's the established two uh, in that offense and, and Metcalf or uh, Lockett's much older than, than Cooper. If Cooper sticks around, there's just a lot of things when you start stacking CD up head to head with other players, I, he just loses a lot of the tiebreakers for me. Even Elijah Moore, Elijah Moore's comps, uh, his his rookie Sims and a lot of our tools, they were just off the chain, man. He looks like a future uh, Antonio Brown type receiver. You know, I would rather gamble on that uh, with the elite uh, target market share that I expect him to have in year two versus, versus CD at this point. So it's not even that I don't like CD. He just has momentum going the wrong direction. He he probably will be an attractive buy this off season. And you may see a little bit of discounted dynasty startups if there's enough people that feel the way that I do. So you know, I could end up getting to the point where I call him a value, but I haven't quite seen that. Uh, I haven't seen that manifest like amongst my Twitter follower uh, organization here. Like when, when I, uh, I think it was, uh, he was it earlier. Oh, the pod father, the pod father put out a tweet earlier today um, that said, you know, CD lamb, a top five dynasty wide receiver. And I just, replied no and like immediately got some hate oh yeah from, from cowboys and cd lamb yep. fans so you know it's like you know i think that that people are just so used to having his name there that it feels like sudden when you drop a guy out uh, it's not necessarily that we don't like him there's just lots of question marks way more question marks after year two than i thought there would have been for him yeah and you know um that all makes sense when you break it out like that the other thing that i'm noticing too is i kind of look through purely just going through lamb stats in the stat explorer it's hard to point to one thing that makes him look like a player that can really separate and, and, you know, remain in or above the list with some of that company that we talked about, you know, not a player that's going to be, you know, top three in touchdowns, not a player that's, you know, going to be top three in terms of air yards per target and breaking these long plays. Um, you know, there's there's really nothing that I can point to. And then th- this year, too, and as you said, you know, some of it could have been the injuries, was a wide receiver one just 25% of the time and only a wide receiver two 19% of the time. You know, finished off the back half of the season with 14 or fewer points in every game from week 14 on. 
Um, it had a couple of duds in there this year too. Just 3.3 points against Carolina, just 4.3 points against Denver, 4.4 points against Kansas City. So when you kind of run me through it, I think that Lamb is one of those players that I'm going to have to reevaluate as I continue to work on these rankings. Um, but yeah, I think that um, it, it's fair to say that perhaps some of the name recognition that Lamb has been carrying um, should be called into question. So Dak Prescott, yeah, the, oh, go I ahead. think yep. the last thing I'll say, yep. yeah, I want to, yeah, I want to say one more thing there because I, I think he should be CD lamb should be valued a lot more like Marquise Brown um, than, than the, the Uber. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it could still all happen for CD, but like the team context is, is very much the same. It's like, we're not sure that he's going to truly get elite usage. And I mean, I mean, geez, I mean, Hollywood Brown had, 27% team target market share um, this season. And, you know, that e- even after enduring, you know, some Tyler Huntley and, and Josh Johnson, he, you know, finished the season as a PPR wide receiver 20 and uh, 12th in expected points per game. But you, you don't, you would never have put those names necessarily, even me, that, you know, probably the biggest Hollywood fan around. I wouldn't have had those guys similarly valued, you know, entering the season. But I think that's a much more fair tier uh, to, to value CDN. And I, I just think, That'll be met with a lot of opposition, but when when you really look at it objectively, um, I think it's hard to poke holes in that point of view. Fair enough. Um, so when you look at our second round um, here, you'll see that Dak is the only quarterback in there, and just two running backs being Javante Williams, or excuse me, three running backs: Javante Williams, Christian McCaffrey. And DeAndre Swift, very wide receiver heavy, just one tight end in there at Kyle Pitts. Um, So when you're kind of thinking that through there, Curtis, and as that relates to maybe the way that a startup would flow, knowing that there's a lot of attractive wide receiver options in there, um, is that going to shape anything about the way that you might approach a dynasty startup if you were going to be, you know, drafting in one maybe in three, four months from now? Yeah, I think so. Um, qu- quarterback is really, really interesting. If you can get an elite one early, I, I think that you should. Um, but beyond, you know, there, there's actually a, a pretty big tier, I think, that occurs either after Joe Burrow at QB6. That's where it really that's the that's the true teardrop yeah. at quarterback, and then you get into the what do you think about them crowd with Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott, uh, Matt Stafford, Deshaun Watson, Trey Lance, Russell Wilson. Will he be moving around? So then, then it's like the what do you think about them um, crowd, and then you also have a lot of quarterback talent coming into the league in this year's 2022 NFL draft. You know, I think as many as five quarterbacks will go in the first round, certainly by the end of the second. Um, so you're, you're going to have an l- opportunity for a lot of quarterback value in the middle um, to late single-digit rounds of super flex startups. And so hammering the surer things um, at wide receiver in particular or one of the elite tight ends, if it's a tight end premium setting like our Rotoflix, uh, Rotoflix, Roto, <laughs> what the hell is Rotoflix? Good grief. Oh, it's only Monday. Man. It's not even Friday. Um, <laughs> I think I was getting into Triflex. Yep. So Rotoviz Triflex Dynasty Leagues, uh, tight end premium setting. I, I like that build a lot more. So starting with an elite quarterback, you know, hammer wide receiver and tight end, uh, maybe mixing in one 
running back if there's a, a younger guy that uh, presents a value through the first six, seven rounds before you really consider the QB2. That's probably how I approach it. Pretty much how I approach it every year because all that really changes is the names, these draft slots, and you know the value in, in those rounds does not. Yeah, I think that makes a ton of sense. Um, so it will be interesting to kind of see what shifts there might be to this, if any, um, as we start to see what happens in free agency as teams address needs in the draft. But that kind of takes us to the end of the line here, I think, for this review of what's going to be in round two. A little bit of a looser format tonight. Um, any closing thoughts, though, here uh, before we wrap up? I just want to remind people to lock in their uh, Rotoviz uh, 2022 uh, rookie draft guide uh, for fantasy football. You know, we've got that on the site right now. You can just go to the top of the page, 2022 rookie guide, 1799 gets you all three issues. The, the It's hard to believe, Dave, but like probably eight or nine days from now, volume one is going to be out. It's going to be out middle of next week. Um, so, you know, we're working on our, our rankings um, just got that file uploaded. I'm I'm pretty locked into my top two uh, top two rounds worth in uh, every major format. I know you and uh, Sean and, and Blair and Travis will get to work on yours as well this week, and lots of great content. So uh, grab that bundle. You're gonna get your initial payoff next week with Volume One coming out. Um, and just a reminder to check out some of the other great shows on on Rotoviz Radio. Um, if you haven't given Sean and Calm a listen in a bit, they're still um, running hot with Rotoviz Overtime every week, kind of covering a broad swath of topics. And then Sean and Ben um, Gretsch on Stealing Bananas, uh, really getting into, uh, I think, um, the deeper uh, recesses of, of strategy, uh, also a broad topic show. Um, but they, they really go down the rabbit hole. Sometimes it's really fun to listen to that show. So I'd encourage you to check out those two shows in particular, uh, but lots of great content on Rotoviz radio. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz fantasy football show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Dave Cabin FF and at C Patrick NFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214 and make sure to rate review and subscribe.